Well, that sounded better than what I was trying to do in coming in the car this evening through services, trying to sing that to myself. But it is a beautiful life. And the songs that we sung, and particularly God's family, it's always interesting as I look at it and view it and try to imagine, if you will, because it's impossible to imagine what heaven must be like. All one family, and how God chooses us to be, will be a spiritual being. We do not know exactly what that will be, but God does. And however we recognize one another is up to him as well. And how do we deal with the fact that you're dealing with people like Noah and Adam and Eve and Moses and others that have died thousands of years ago? How will they appear and how will we appear? Well, you see, I do not have to worry about that. That's God's job. Ours is to make sure that we want to be a part of that family. And it is dependent upon the living of our lives, and it is part of our being a part of his family that we understand how God chooses to work. And we, at times, struggle with that. We've mentioned at times that we have to deal with the fact that God is in absolute control. He wills his will to be done through man. It gives man free will to make choices, but God also knows the choices that are being made. He's able to bring, bring kingdoms to rise and kingdoms to fall. He's able to take people who have pledged their allegiance to him and then gone into rebellion and come back out of that rebellion and use them in his service again. He's made life, uh, life and death a part of life. Suffering's a part of life. And he works all of that to our good and for his glory. And at times we have to remind ourselves that that is the situation that we are in. We do our petitioning to God, but so many times as we make that petition to God, ours is sometimes a tad on the selfish end of how we would like things to be and how we would like to see things unfold in our life, in the life of the Lord's body, and those that we come in contact with, because all of our desire would be that they would one day become Christians. And how that all unfolds is a mystery for us. And it is part of what the Bible is reminding us all the way through. And that's why we've been given the scriptures for our learning and for our admonition. That we, through the patience and the comforts of the scriptures, might have hope. And prayerfully, that's what we see as we study the word of God. As I read all the cases that I read from Genesis through Revelation... I must be able to see hope for my life, for the lives of those that I come in contact with, that God cares enough that he works with us, 
He dealt with our sin. He doesn't overlook it or forgive it without the price being paid. But he allows things to happen within our life that are within his bounds and that are within the bounds of our life, not allowing us to be tempted above that which we are able to do. But with every temptation, indeed, we'll provide that way of escape. We go back to the book of Psalms. We look in Psalm 91. We read about being under the shadow of the Almighty. And that's something that we again get to reflect upon, being under his shadow. The protection as it goes, as you read the psalm, is under the protection of his feathers. You ever thought about being protected from evil under the feathers of God? He covers you. He protects you. He watches over you. And what a thought that is within our life. And as you read several verses there, we'll start in verse 1 and read several verses. He who dwells in the secret places of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noontime, at the noonday. He'll cover you and protect you. At times, we wrestle, and at times it's because we we have that tendency of really liking to walk by sight, like to have a perspective that he is watching over the life. But as you read, he has always watched over his people, even though his people have not always looked to him for the guidance that they need. You think about the days, as this may have reference to, the coming up out of the land of Egypt and in the wilderness, of how many times they tested God and how many times they actually seemed to have forgotten. In their case, an actual presence of God, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. They could see and perceive that that was him that he was leading them. When the cloud got up and moved, they got up and moved. And when the cloud sat down, they sat down. And they stayed as long as the cloud stayed there. Wherever the cloud went, they were following. They were being led by God. And yet they tested him all those days in the wilderness. And he still loved them. He still cared for them. There is an end result. All of the situations are not always dealt with in the physical life. There is this eternal life that we will face one day. The godly will be persecuted. The godly will be killed. The wicked may seem to prosper. They seem to do very well in this world. But there's a day of accounting that is coming for all. And ours is to decide that, listen, who we serve indeed is great. 
this bond of love that ties us together, the ability that we have to come before the Lord and to know that He hears. And as a parent, although He has more knowledge than we do, but as a parent, it is always interesting to hear the concerns that children have when they're open and honest, when they are able to share their life, what they're facing, what they're going through, the joys, the, the, the sadness, the heartaches, the hesitations or the moments of concern or doubt about what they're facing wherever they are in age-wise. And you find out as a parent that that continues on even as they get to be adults and become parents. It's always interesting to see how your children face issues that they come across. It's always interesting to hear their comments as well as to what they, they learned along the way. Children can oftentimes recite all of the lectures that they have received from their parents, oftentimes word for word, tone for tone. And when a time you didn't think they were hearing you and listening to you, they were. And in time, that does bear fruit. God hears our prayers. And at times, you have to think about, what do we pray about? What's on our heart? What is our concern? What's bothering us? Do we not understand what the psalmist is saying here? That he cares for us? He delivers us from the snares of the fowler. He, de- he delivers us. There's a snare out there. Satan's after us. He's, t- he's trying to entrap us. This is going to be a psalm that Satan is going to use to try to en- entrap Jesus and his temptations in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Do not the scriptures say, he gave charge over you that you're not stub your toe against a rock. But Satan misquoted and Satan misapplied the scripture here, which is not unusual. He did that with Adam and Eve in the garden. He will misapply scriptures. He will misquote scripture. And sometimes we take a scripture or we hold on to one when we really have not taken the time to put it into its proper context. To see, who's he talking to? You hear many people talk about things that are promised to the apostles. And to the apostles only. And Jesus talked to them in John 14 and also in John 16. I'll send you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he will bring to your memories everything that I have told you. And they want to apply that to them. I have everything that, that God has said. How can God bring to your remembrance what you have not heard? I will bring to the remembrance of the apostles what he has said and taught. We have it in the written form, so it's in a different category. And we take things, and we're not careful, and do misapply them. And God, in his grace and in his mercy, bears with us and works with us. And that says, grow. And the only way that you grow is by exercising what you have. Whatever it may be, grow in your mind, grow in your physical body, 
grown in uh, ability to do any particular activity. It only comes through the exercise, the using what you've been given. And then making adjustments as we go along so that we indeed do the things that God would have us to do. We're under the shadow of the Almighty. And it is that safe place to dwell. And ultimately, it is the only safe place to dwell. Being under the shadow of the Almighty. We look for absolute protection. Uh, We'd like to have that life that is not described, but sometimes I get the impression we think it is. We just like to live in a bubble. Nothing evil is going to harm us. And only good is going to come to us. And all the lessons we need to learn will come as they are needed without having to go through the trials to learn it. Oftentimes talk to individuals who say, no, they've been praying for patience. And you've heard me talk about that. I said, no, what are, you, what are you really asking for? Or how do you believe God is going to give you patience? For a lot of us who are parents, they gave us children. They teach patience. Is that all they teach? That's not all they teach, is it? They teach love. They teach absolute truth or faith in you. They trust you explicitly. But there's trials along the way. Time we had some door knockers knocking doors and there was not having much, much, much success. And I asked them in the devotion, I said, what have you all been praying for? Praying that doors be open? Yes. Are you praying for patience along the way? I said, yes. He said, how do you expect it to come? You're asking for it. How do you think it's going to come? You want to trust God more? Yeah, I want to trust God more. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. You're getting that opportunity to trust God. We walk with a physical sight. And it's hard for us to walk with a spiritual sight. And the scriptures... And life do remind us of how God works. He works on his time schedule. He works on what we need to develop. Now, if you want to develop muscles, you have to exercise muscles. If you exercise muscles and you haven't used those muscles in a while, guess what? They're going to hurt. And when they hurt, what? Now, tendency to quit. This is too hard. But if you stay with it, it bears fruit. We're under the shadow of God. He's watching over us. And as we exercise whatever it is that we need, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, the Christian graces in 2 Peter 1, whatever it is as we begin to exercise those, when we begin to reread what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, recognize that this was given very early in the ministry of Jesus. And even those who have no desire of following God, that those who work in areas of psychology and so forth will tell you that the Sermon on the Mount are the best principles to live by. You do what they say and you have a good life. But they do talk about the surrender of self. 
the, the, willing, the willingness to follow him. The willingness to be able to go where you do not know where you're going. But you know the end result that you're headed for. The Lord is ours. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 25 and verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with him. He'll show you his covenant. You do, I'll bless. You trust, I'll lead. You fall, I'll pick you up. You get discouraged, I'll give you hope. You feel left alone, my arms are wide open. That's the secret. When we see his covenant. And God keeps his covenant. God keeps his word. And that's the reminder to us as we walk through life. Never been a time when he's abandoned us. Never been a time when he's left us. He's with his people. Israel find that hard to believe. They begin to look at the physical. And that's what we do oftentimes. We look at the physical. And we forget the exhortation that God has. I'll lead, you follow. I left you an example, Peter tells us, that the Lord said, for you to follow in his steps. Again, if you read his steps in the Gospels, there's some tough steps. You have to go back and, you get, you get to go back and read Matthew 4, 1 through 11 again. Here's the steps of the master. Here's what he did. In the wilderness for 40 days. And at the end of that time, various translations or different accounts have it, sometimes he was tested by the devil for 40 days, and that, another says at the end of 40 days, the devil came to, to test him. You find that when you're at your weakest moment, where are you going to, where are you going to draw your strength? He's hungry, says he was hungry. If you be the son of God, turn these stones to bread. If you have the ability, if you have the power, do what you want to do. For man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's a lesson for you. Again, very early in his ministry, the learning of what God would want from us. Now, do not worry about satisfying the flesh. Concentrate on what he has promised you through his word. The Hebrew writer again reminds us in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, The Lord himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, says the Lord. If the Lord is with us, what can man do to us? And that's a reminder to us. I can say, well, I can think of a lot of things. No. I missed a point. If the Lord is with you, he's with you. Whatever you go through, he's going through with you. If it leads to physical death, it leads to physical death. I'm not getting out of this world alive anyway. If it leads to persecution or it leads to hardship, he's still with me. 
Jesus went through that again back to Matthew 4. Take him up to the pinnacle of the temple, which uh, come back to Psalm 61. The devil says, jump off. The scripture says he'll, he'll give his angels charge over you, that, not stumble your foot against a stone. Jesus' response was, you do not tempt the Lord your God. Don't tempt him. Satan was trying to get Satan, <laughs> Satan was trying to get Jesus to tempt the Father. By saying, I want you to prove that, I, that you care for me and I'll jump off this temple. That's tempting God. Do not tempt the Lord your God. One, Satan misquoted. He wanted him to jump off the temple. The scripture says, verses 11 and 12 of Psalms 91, that you will not stumble your foot against a, a stone. Satan wanted to change it a little bit. And that's what he does. He misapplies it. He knows the scripture does. He not. It starts in, in Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. He knows the scriptures. And if you read the account, even there Eve misquoted, added to. And Satan just, just uh, subtracted to it or added a word to it. This is the thought that in the life that we live, Do we remember that we are under the shadow of the Almighty God? His protection is there. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, Jesus said, I would gather my people under his protection, but they were not willing. He's talking about his people. He's not talking about those that were out in the world, the Gentiles and and their ways of life. He's talking about his people. His people were not willing to be gathered under the arms in the protection of God. That's our hope, is it not? That he would watch over us? That's what parents do, is watch over their children. And their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. They watch over their children. But he cares. And these are what the scriptures are reminding us. The Psalms as well as other passages of scriptures are reminding us. How deep is that Father's love towards us? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But are we willing to do that? Come to repentance. We always think we know what's best for us. And a lot of times what we think is best for us is what we want to, or what we perceive as being the easiest, if you will. But we have to remind ourselves of the life that we live and what's involved in. To make the choices along the way. I've read accounts and I've talked to individuals who have lamented over their life as they've lived it, came to the conclusion that all the dreams that they chased and all the ladders that they climbed, they climbed the wrong ladder. A lot of them lost their families as they climbed the ladder of success in business. They decided what they climbed and the, the achievement that they got at the top of the ladder did not bring what they thought it would be. On individuals who have worked their life in a company, 
gave it all their time and all their effort because if they didn't do it, the company would go under. They die. And guess what? The company goes on. Someone else steps up, takes over, and they move forward. Doesn't all depend on you. He gave us brothers and sisters in Christ. He gave us the body of Christ to help each other through this life. So you're not going through the life alone. We have the help of one another. That's because as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are indeed under the arms, the shadow of the Almighty. He's protecting us. That is a source of comfort. That ought to be a source of great comfort. I've seen them on the magnets on refrigerators in days gone by when they had magnets and they put all the little sayings on the refrigerator. Magnet said, Lord, help me to realize today that there's nothing that I face that you and I cannot handle together. Whatever it is that I'm facing, God and I can handle it together. Catch this together. God gives what, is, what we need. We sometimes forget that in the life that we live. We think it all depends on us, that we have to work it out and we have to solve it. It's trusting God. And we recognize that as we live and how God works it, that's, he is God and he can. There is, that, there is there's no two of us identical, exactly alike. Oh, we may say that we're in agreement, husbands and wives, but there are things in there that, you know, when you get down to it, there's something in there. You know, it's more than this saying that we're in agreement with one another, and I always have the last word in every conversation I have with my wife, and it's always, yes, ma'am. That's not it. But we work together. We work together as a body of believers in doing what God would have us to do. God, through his scriptures, has shown us his fulfillments. He's kept his word. He's keeping his word. He will continue to keep his word until this world ceases to be. And then his word will be in heaven. It's where we long to be. But it's as we go through this, one is again a beautiful life, God's family, coming before the Lord now and that bond of love that ties us together. Those songs are to teach and to admonish us. They're to encourage us. We teach and we admonish one another in our psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making what? Melody where? In the heart. Making melody in the heart. It is an absolute joy in being a child of God. And that's what we try to do with our songs. As we sing those songs, that's what we're doing to each other. We're part of a family on its way home. Is that not a joy? Is that not a joy? We help each other as we go through this life. We lift up one another. We cry with one another. We have joy with one another. Is that not what we need to be doing? And we need to do it more than just in our songs.
An imitation song. Uh, that one's hard at times for me. When you hear it, there's a stranger at the door. Knocking at your heart, there's a stranger at the door. Let the stranger in. They understand that that's the Lord. He's at the door of the heart, the door of the mind. He's wanting in. He wants to take a dwelling place in your heart. That's where the heart is, the mind. He wants to dwell there. Let the Savior in. He'll comfort you. He'll rejoice with you. He'll strengthen you. He'll encourage you. He'll direct you through his word. And then in that final day, you'll be able to say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Where are you tonight? Are you under the wings of God? Are you there for his protection? Is he your shield and buckler? Does he walk walk with you and talk with you? Does he give you that shoulder to cry on? Where is your relationship with him? Is he more than just a friend? He's your everything. That's not where you are tonight. You need to reflect on that life. And if you need to make a change, we'd want to encourage you to do that. And if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in doing just that, then indeed we'd bid you to come as together we stand and sing.